0: I have a choice to to make, either to be reactive or either to be proactive, either to add hate or either to to add love, either to contribute ignorance to the situation or either to contribute knowledge. And we have to to focus on the things that unite us more than the things that divide us uh, as people of the earth.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to By Our Love podcast. This is Charlton
2: and Natasha. We are a large Christian family living abroad in East Africa, and we would like to invite you along on our journey of faith, hope, and love.
1: On this podcast, we're going to be discussing our Christian walk, kingdom convictions, discipleship, and church planting,
2: as well as international adoption, the ins and outs of daily life as a family of 12 and inviting on special guests that motivate and inspire us.
1: We hope to be a source of encouragement and challenge the status quo. Thanks for joining us.
2: Welcome back to By Our Love podcast. On today's episode, we want to have an open and honest conversation about culture, race, and racism, stereotypes and biases. Today's discussion is happening as a result of the recent death of George Floyd. Now, uh, a video was released showing a white police officer continuing to kneel on George Floyd's neck even after he pleaded he could not breathe. And this has reignited a deep-seated anger over police killings of black Americans It has led to six consecutive days of protests around the United States and a level of civil unrest not seen in decades. The death of George Floyd has been declared a homicide in an official post-mortem examination. So this 46-year-old man suffered a cardiac arrest while being restrained by Minneapolis police. And his cause of death was Cardio pulmonary arrest, complicating law enforcement, subdual restraint, and neck compression. So, hundreds and thousands of people across America and really the entire world, Germany, France, Canada, Brazil, Ireland, just to name a few places, are protesting. The protests are mostly peaceful or at least they start out that way, but some have given way to violence in many cities when protesters clash with the police. So what we want to do today is use this small platform that we have to invite a few of our Ugandan brethren on to have a discussion. As Christians living in the world, but not of the world, as Blacks living in Africa, not in the United States, what are their views and opinions? We want to have an open and honest conversation like I said, about culture, race, and racism. How do we break down walls? What can we do to reach out to those who are hurting? What does this look like for the global church? Racial reconciliation is vitally important to the gospel.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a special treat to be here with our Ugandan brothers and sister. Uh, we have, we call her Mama Jennifer because she's our Ugandan mother, but she is Auma Jennifer. We also have uh, Samiu Reagan, and Reagan and I have been uh, longtime friends for about, what, seven years now? And then we're also joined here today by Nsanze Jimmy. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves a little bit um, so that you can get to know them a bit better, and then we'll get into our discussion, and we'll start with uh, Sister Jennifer.
3: Yeah, uh, as I've told you, my name is Jennifer Homa. I'm um, um, having three sons, and uh, here in Uganda, we are under the church we call called Follower of the Way, and we are very happy today to really share with you what my sister Natasa has really talked about right now.
0: Okay. Uh, thank you, Charlton. Thank you, Natasha, for, for having me here with you, uh, to share some of my sentiment about, um, uh, what's going on with the, the episode of, uh, Mr. George Floyd and the entire, uh, the entire issue pertaining to racism. So thank you so much. And so my, my name, as Charlton already mentioned, I'm Regan Simeo, uh, I'm not a, a Ugandan citizen, I'm a Kenyan citizen, and it is in Kenya where I came to know the my friend here, Charlton and Natasha, as they were doing their their work as missionary, and yeah, so we have been friends for seven years. And yeah, I found them to be very precious friends that I've enjoyed uh, being with them, learning from them, sharing life and experiences from them, especially being foreigner and being people with different experience. So that was a tremendous blessing. So yeah, uh, I'm working here in Uganda in Kampala City. Uh, I'm here with my family, my wife, Mary, and my two children, Charlton Asha, Patricia Hope, and as Christian, yeah, as it was already said, as Christian, you know, um, who are, who we are living in the world, but not of the world, and but we are in the world and we have the way we understand and we perceive the, the world. and Especially, I think the, the subject of racism is very important to us um, because we find ourselves um, working with brothers and sisters from different parts of the world, so definitely is something that it needs our um, candid discussion and our sincere sentiment on the entire issue of racism and I'm looking forward to, to hear from my other Ugandans colleagues here their sentiment as well. Thank you guys
4: uh, thank you Regan I'm Sanze Jimmy like charton said I'm 25 years Ugandan by nationality and I'm Mufumbila by tribe and a uh, new uh, I think convert I've just accepted Jesus Christ. And um I'm privileged to be here to share my ideas about the subject of the matter. Uh, especially uh, with our black brother who's in US. You all know what is going on, but uh I think it will be uh a pleasure to talk about it honestly and express my opinions and uh, I thank everyone.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you guys for each introducing yourself. Let's start uh, by just maybe getting some of the initial reactions. How have you all responded uh, as a result of the situation with George Floyd? And what are your thoughts about the protests and riots that are happening? Maybe you could just share a bit of uh, your initial response to this situation.
4: Well, thank you once again, I'm Jimmy. Sanze, yeah. What happened in US? Uh, from uh, for me as a human being, it is absurd. It is painful to see a fellow human being go through such kind of torture. Uh, but that should uh, does not mean that. Yes, we are Christians, but the Bible says we are. Uh, as Christians, we are spirits living in our flesh, and the same Bible says that the flesh is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit contrary to the what? Uh, to the flesh. So what I'm saying is, as human beings, we have emotions, we have feelings, we have. We feel pain; it is hurting and breaking. But. My opinion is kind of different from, I don't know, but uh, I'm looking at it in uh, biblically uh, and I'm calling this a spiritual war. I don't look at it as a war against white people, against black people. I don't look at it as uh, poor people against rich people or people in power against people who are not in power but I see it as a spiritual And as a Christian, I know uh, the devil has very many ways of weakening us and checking our faith. And if we are Christians personally, and uh, I start seeing problems like this as they are, and I put my focus on individuals and fail to put my focus on the spirit behind that uh, person who did that act, it will be wrong for me. It will be missing a target because this is—I believe this is a spiritual. We know very well that Satan does not support unity. It does not support uh, one being one, standing together. So. Satan will do anything to divide us. And to be honest, I'm 100 percent sure this is one way of the Satan, one way Satan is trying to divide us as people. After knowing that we Christians, we are in the flesh, but we are not of this world. We should have, I, I believe, I don't know if we are in agreement with each Christian out there, but I believe I'm a spirit being. I'm not defined by my physical appearance or what you see right now, but there is something that is in me, which is my spirit, the spirit of God, which lasts forever. And having that understanding, there are things you, you experience because the Bible has told us to not worry, not to to let God fight the battles. And this is a spiritual battle. So to me, all I can do is uh, pray about a situation, especially having that knowledge that this is a spiritual and recognizing that me as a human being, no matter how I cry, no matter how I protest, which in that would be a... a a gap that will allow Satan to either weaken me spiritually. I will resort to praying. After knowing all that, so my simple, uh, summarized opinion is that these are spiritual. We should not be misled. And Satan works in very many ways. It will lead many people talk about it, but still the agenda is. It wants to divide us. That's why you see uh, there are so many things happening in the world. People are dying of corona. People are starving in homes. But Satan wants to capitalize on this one thing because it knows for sure that this touches people's emotions and feelings because they are in flesh that it will distract them from concentrating on renewing their mind in the knowledge of God and concentrate on those emotions and feelings. So as Christians, I would suggest that instead of crying and uh, being emotional about this, we should resort to kneeling down, pray to God.
3: Yes, as you have heard about has been really happening and what is happening in the world. Very many things are happening, which is really making very many human beings uncomfortable. Yeah, that fact, we really understand it, and we we, we, we don't want to ignore it. Because when people are really like having the attitude of, doing bad things to each other. Peace cannot always be there. Like when you, you have heard about racism and uh, also what has happened really for a human being who is created by God It's really because we are human beings we really see that it's painful. It's really painful. We want to 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 feel that pain with the family and with the friends and with the whole world. Because when you think deep about really what has happened to him and what is happening, when people really uh, begin thinking about doing bad things, mistreating people in a way that is really so painful, First, sit down and think about you. What about it? That if that thing is down to your close, maybe people who have children, relatives, fathers, mothers, and so forth. Let's talk about this close relative, this close, this close people, close to us. What, 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 what do you feel? you feel that really you are not comfortable. Things which happen to human beings, which is not good, is not normal. And uh, I want to to say that we all see that what has happened, but also we want to, to acknowledge where did it come from? Where did it come from and why? that happened and we need to like think about something else to do about that for example how his life was taken was so painful it was so painful and as it is painful and it's really not good we want to think about how we can avoid to really do these bad things to other people again. And I want to talk about a little bit about our securities. People like here in Uganda, we also have police. I think what happens always is, is that police also sometimes, as my colleagues say that we are human beings. Sometimes instead of doing the right thing, we overreact. We overreact. So I think it's because they thought they were doing, the, the, what they did was not going to take the life of a judge. That, that's I know because we have police here. They, 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 like For example, during this corona corona, corona period, they beat people, they do terrible things to people, but they, they, uh, people keep telling them that, you know, you should not overdo this to your fellow, to your fellow human beings. So I think, being that people, we human beings, there's something that we need to realize. When something has happened bad, we, first we have to think, about doing something which is good after that things which has happened which is bad. For example, police, their work is to keep peace and to check out things which are happening which is making people uncomfortable like in the, in the countries. That is their work. Their work is not to take life. There, but unfortunately, it has not happened only there in, in, in America. Even here in Uganda, in the process of their, their patrolling, cl- that they are keeping peace, they are hoping problems. Unfortunately, they end up shooting people and taking people's life. But I want us to know that the work, of policemen is not to take life, because of they fail to control themselves. Such things can happen, like take lives, and uh, I uh, I I want to say that uh, when something happens like that, human beings has to think of another thing to do, not to, to to do something which can again increase pain to people, increase more problems, like what really happened. So, if individual has done something wrong, or one person has done something wrong, I think we have to leave that person to face the consequence of what he has done, so that these things of continuing with the, 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 the same issue that because racism is there and yet you do not even understand why the racism was there. Even if you understand, you need to do something which is good. You need not to do something which is again like racism. That one you are not going to help the problems. You can't hope problems like that because we are all, I know, people are rioting because they need peace. They don't need someone to be killed like that. But that is not the way we are going to help the problems. Because if we say that if someone has done something like this, I have to go and pay evil to evil. Like I should also go and kill that person. That is, you are not helping the problems. Let me burn the houses, for example. Let me continue doing something which is bad. You have not hoped the problem. We cannot hope the problems like that. The problem is just hope. If you identify something that it has been done which is not right, we need to, to, to see the way forward. How are we going to, to stop these things which is not right? And we can only stop these things if we go back to God, if we go back to God. Because the word of God, it is the one which teaches us to have peace with one another, to forgive one another. That's why it's really very crucial and it's very important to think of a different things to do when people are in the midst of problems. We need to think about to do good and not something which is good, not something which can, again, bring problems to people. Thank you.
0: Yeah, those are very right sentiment and reaction there. Yeah, my, my first reaction, uh, first I will say, uh, or I'll give my sincere heartfelt and condolences to, to the family of Mr. George Floyd and his relatives, and yeah, as a black Christian, I understand how difficult it is for many, many Afro-Americans and the people of America in general as they are struggling with the the crisis of what happened. So, But, but on, when I heard this thing, first I would say this is the most disturbing and sickening things that we have seen in the social media for so long, you know. Uh, we 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 have heard we have read many things about racism uh, segregation and all these kind of stuff but we have never seen this kind of uh inhumanity and this kind of insensitivity in uh in the social media like what we we witness and so uh, when i heard about this thing yeah i know it's very disturbing and very very bad things but Still, there's hope for reconciliation, and we have to reach to the point where we we have to face a crisis, especially this racial crisis, and we have to, to sit down with one another and to, to ask ourselves some really honest and sincere questions about the nature of uh, our relationship between races, you know, and the way forward on how we are going to come together as the people, so... I I know it's so disturbing, but I know there's hope and there's uh, there's the way forward. And if we are willing to solve this problem, uh, and basically I don't think that this is a this is a problem that we have to 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 condemn the police. You know, it's so easy to condemn the police, but it's it's not just about the police. This is about the society, the way the society has been structured, the way the society has been educated, the way the, way the society has been conditioned. So but one policeman exposed to exposed us to, to the entire general uh, views and reaction and the ways of uh the society uh, and so, some an- another thing uh which i think is was part of the reaction that uh, i heard when i when I, when i saw what was going on especially with the with the rioting in washington dc uh there at white house the police and the and the citizens of america yeah and also what 's happening in in different parts of the world in germany in in New Zealand you know uh, France and Britain, so something that is very um, very very interesting to notice the fact that the people who are protesting these are not just black people, you know, so uh we won 't generalize this entire thing and say that there's bitterness, and there is uh, There's racism between white and black, but we can say this is something which is a society best and we can't throw the blanket and say all white people, all black people, but now this is a human problem and we see all human now are reacting. And so, yeah, I was so impressed to see majority of the people in in Washington, D.C., also I saw white people, they were rioting and they were condemning this act and this barbaric incidents. So from that uh, from that uh, from that experience and from that uh, reaction, uh, I'm very positive that we are heading somewhere as the citizen of the world, and we are becoming more, more more oriented to common uh, to common common goal as uh, or common destiny as the people of the world. Uh, I think that was my my reaction when I saw the video.
2: So as Christians, how would you guys say? We need to go about breaking down these walls that have been built in society.
4: Oh, thank you, Natasha and my colleagues. As Christians, we should uh, face this situation as Christians. We should not, yes, we have emotions and feelings, but we should have an understanding that we are uh, different beings. In us, we are spirit beings, so, number one, how we should face it is, uh, we do not pay evil for evil. Uh, number two, is that we should not be confused. Our emotions should not confuse us to attack the wrong enemy. The enemy in this point, in this case, is is not the police officer, it's not the white man with a gun, it's not uh, the rich or what. But the enemy is Satan disguising. In these people, and as Christians, I want to let us know that no matter how you are saved, Satan doesn't care about the number of years you've spent in Christianity. If we do not allow ourselves to deal with the problems in us, small things will happen to us and they will bring out that which has always been in us that we do not want to deal with. For example, uh, there is a, a quote I saw. I think in social psychology, it says that there's a principle that says is a, phys, a social fundamental attribution error. And I don't still remember very well, but it says that that is a tendency where human beings tend to blame their misbehavior on others and when they see others misbehave they say that is someone's bad personality so in this case we should deal with in us there are things as christians that we need to face which we did not call for the enemy comes in brings in anger in you brings in something uh, let's say hate it uh, brings in a lot of things but because we have not allowed ourselves to be God to deal with us genuinely from inside to outside something attaches that uh, that anger that you have always kept in you and that anger you react in an irresponsible way because one as christians we should have should bear fruits, one of them being self-control. Even when you are, something bad has happened to you, you are not expected to react negatively. You should, we should react in line with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So about uh, Natasha's question is, one, we need to know our identity and we need to, to study the tactics of the enemy we have. There's no way you can engage yourself in a battle without carrying out intelligence. The enemy fights in very many ways and it is our duty to know how he fights. From that, uh, from uh, using that, uh, looking at it in that angle, you know which tools, which weapons to attack your enemy with. If they attack us with anger, we attack them with love. We should possess... A fruit of patience, kindness. Yes, it is painful, and if we give in to uh, to follow our emotions and feelings, and fail not to uh, fail to listen from what God is saying, Satan's achievement, Satan's goal, will be achieved, which is to destroy, distract, and steal. You miss out on the kingdom. So we should just, uh, I think, uh, learn to handle situations. We should stop looking at situations as situations. If, uh, let's say, my, for example, if my brother does something to me, I should exercise the fruits of the Holy Spirit. First of all, patience. Love. Love is a big word. How do I react to, how, to what he did to me? Do I need to say unnecessary words? which in the end will be regarded as an wholesome talk to my brother, that is sin. So first of all, we just need to know our identity, know our mission, and know how powerful the, the, uh, our enemy is. And then from there, we shall know that we have the greatest fighter who has always asked us not to fear, to be courageous, to take on, we surrender our human humanity and we call upon that mighty fighter who is our God and who fights for us. So I still insist, this is spiritual. We should not mix it with feelings and emotions. Yes, we have emotions, but we should not be taken up by these emotions. In the end, we'll miss the target.
0: Yeah, so... Um yeah, the the entire situation begs for for serious answer and begs for really consideration of, uh, uh, over this matter of racism. Yeah, first of all, I'll say, you know, uh, racism is wrong, but race is not wrong. And race is something that God, in his wisdom and in his uh, knowledge, he, he wanted it to be there. You know, variety is beautiful and... God intended to to have a world full of variety and he created humanity and he created them in different in different shape in different in different colors and in different status and He created different races as well He created the, the race of the stars he created the animals he created the moon and the sun so we we have to 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 understand that God loves variety and it was his supreme wisdom for him to have variety even among us human beings. So so uh race is beautiful but racism is not beautiful at all. Yeah so um we as Christian how are we going to, to react to this thing, you know, um, this is a beautiful question to ask ourselves and as I was thinking about it, you know, uh I, I realised I have a I have a choice to, to make, either to be reactive or either to be proactive. Either to add hate or either to to add love, either to contribute ignorance to the situation or either to, contri- to contribute knowledge and but being a Christian, then I, I had to choose what is beautiful and what is good, and uh, I decided to to contribute love to contribute knowledge, to contribute compassion you know and that doesn 't mean that we should not point out uh, error, but we have to point out error, but with great compassion as Christians. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, we as Christians, we need to go back and understand what the scripture says about uh, the relations, the relation that we have as human beings, you know. Uh, Because if we don't understand, then we don't want to to throw things under the carpet and assume things are are okay, things will solve themselves in future, say, throw up our hands and say, okay, uh, everything is well, I forgive these people. But we are not touching into the the heart of the of the issue of racism. So, for, first of all, we need to we need to have a solid understanding of the the nature of the the, the nature of our problem that we are confronting. Uh, I, I, yesterday, I remember and many of you you have read uh, what Paul when Paul was talking to to the people of of I think it was in Athens uh, in in the book of the acts of apostle chapter 17 and he he say it is from it's from it's from one 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 man that the nation of the world came into existence and then so i, I think he was referring to this one man is noah and when we read in the book of genesis chapter 10 we see uh, the Bible talking about from this Noah, then we had these three nations that sprout from him and it spread in different parts of the world. So uh, if we want to understand ourselves, we, we have to know where the race begins from. And the race begins and the nations of the world comes from one man, and this is Noah. And so all of us, regardless of our color, we owe our our origin to, to one person who is Noah, Noah. Uh, to those who have read some of the books, maybe probably, uh, uh, especially the, uh, the the book of Enoch, which yeah, is not part of our, it's not part of the books in our uh, traditional Bible Meso- Masoretic text, or it's not even in the Septuagint. But yeah, it's a book that was quoted by the early church, and it's a book that yeah, even in the Scripture uh, Jude quoted from it. So to some extent and to some degree, it has some good insight and. So in the in the last chapter of the book of Enoch, uh, uh, Enoch talked about uh, Noah being the first white person who who was born, and he explained what happened. So we understand if he was the first uh, white person, then basically uh, the entire races of mankind uh, begins from there. And so, but but it depends, with uh, the 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 different came with where they choose to go and and stay. So we know. Uh, Japhet and his descendant they moved to the western hemisphere, and we had here Ham and his descendant they moved to the eastern hemisphere and Japhet or Shem remain in the in between uh, the western and the eastern hemisphere uh, and so to to my to to my knowledge, maybe I will say uh, the, why we had this different variety of color um, is because of yeah uh, of where this this family and these races they decided to go and 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 dwell and tabernacle. So the the thing here is, you know, uh, so you you know, we, we read it in in the in the songs of Solomon when that Shuna, my was talking about being the being the be, being discriminated by her sibling, and she, she said this in that first chapter of the songs of Solomon, and she said, uh, I'm being discriminated. I'm being abused by my my siblings just because I am dark. But he ended up saying something very interesting when she said that the sun had looked upon her, so that is why she was she was dark because the sun looked at upon her. So, uh, so to, to me, uh, I think the the fundamental things. Um, that the most important thing for us to to consider is to have the right knowledge of our origin, to understand where we came from, to understand that we as human beings we have a common origin, we have a common heritage, and we have a common destiny but so but we don't have common sense, and basically that's what we are lacking <laughs> uh, and when I say common sense, I don't say this uh this reasoning capability of being very intelligent and clever in our way of reasoning but I mean common sense we have to understand we are we come from the same place and we are heading to the same place so we have something in common and so we must be sensitive to that something that we hold in common and we have to to focus on the things that unite us more than the things that divide us uh, as people of the earth.
1: I think uh, you know one of the things that we're I think each of us are kind of uh, or that has been mentioned thus far is th- that uh, there's a a bigger problem uh, at play. There's you know symptomatically we're seeing uh, you know things that are that are happening there you know where this evil is is revealing itself in the form of uh, the death of George Floyd, and violence towards. Others throughout the world, but I think symptomatically, it's it really uh, should point to the problem within the human condition around the world uh, that's happening. Because this isn't uh, this type of human violence um, that happens uh, is is not unique to to America. And I think there's a bigger problem beyond just this racism. uh, If we think about even just here in Africa. Um, if we think about 1994, Rwanda, right, Hutus and Tutsis, ultimately they we see them as other and therefore less than us because we have some sort of superiority or whether it's white supremacy or tribe superiority, um, it's ultimately the same underlining causes and— these racial and tribal divides, um, I think, are, are a major um, challenge throughout the world. Uh, you know, even here, we have, you know, over 2.5 million uh, South Sudanese refugees that are here in this country as a result of tribal violence from South Sudan. Uh, one of the things when we were working up in the uh, refugee settlement in Chiriandongo, was it was interesting to see you had the um, nueras, and there they they kept themselves in in their cluster, not mixing with the the Dinkas, and and then the the Dinkas you know kept themselves in clusters, not wanting to really mix. And obviously you have the exception to that rule, but in general, um, you know they. They would, they would be two different communities that are right next to each other, but you could see the segregation. The Dinkas went to their church, and the Nuetas went to their church, and it was just very sad to see, to say, wait a second, our, our allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom um, doesn't— uh, it's not uh, superseding our tribal allegiances. And I think, uh, going to your question, Natasha— I think one of the root problems and root causes, um, especially as we look at least into the violence that's happened in supposed Christian communities or in the Christian world, is that uh, the gospel of the kingdom hasn't been preached. It hasn't been uh, penetrating into the areas uh, like it's supposed to. It's it's uh, you know the message of come and get saved, come to Jesus, so that your life can improve. All that's been out there. Uh, but not actually teaching about the allegiance, which is what faith is—the allegiance to Jesus as supreme, as King, and what those implications are—and that's the work that that Jesus uh, has been doing to tear down those walls. And when we, as as Christians or the church, don't allow those walls uh, to come down, it, it, it it's a major major problem, and it continues to create this conflict in these battles. And uh, it's the the same bigger problem as we talk about just participation in military and war and fighting that, okay, because I'm an American Christian, I can join the military and I can go and fight the people in this country, um, and we can be enemies— and there may be Christians over there, but my allegiance to my country far exceeds that. And that it's those notions, I think, in general that all have to be torn down before we can start to understand that we are one people. Uh, and in the kingdom of God, we are supposed to be one family uh, that's united in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly why Paul talks uh, when he's writing to the Galatians. Now, obviously, the, the the tension between Jew and Gentile, um, it, a lot of it has to do with uh, with culture and things like that, but that's why Paul writes that there's there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave, free, male nor female. It's not that all of a sudden those things have disappeared. Uh, you know, women are still women, men are still men, Jews are still Jews, Gentiles are still Gentiles, but in the kingdom of God, all of that is has been let go, and we are uh, one in Jesus. We have... We don't see the the walls that the world uh, has has put in front of us that says you are who you are and I am who I am and it's an us and them. Those things get torn down. And, uh, and we, the kingdom is supposed to be this multicultural, multi-racial, multi-tribe, you know, beautiful thing, every tongue, every tribe, um, that's united, uh, in the kingdom in Jesus. And, and that's supposed to be a reality now, not, not in the future. It actually, I think that's the thing we as Christians in the church need to recognize is we need to be doing that now. Uh, now I don't necessarily have all the answers about how to go about that other than the things you guys are saying is that we need to be the ones who are sowing seeds of love. We need to be the ones—we can't respond with, uh, to violence with violence, right? Violence begets violence. Evil begets evil. Uh, but in Jesus, we're supposed to overcome evil with good, and I think we need to be having those conversations in our own communities here in Uganda, in America, in Kenya, in Europe, all over, is how can we as a, as a church, as a people— be able to sow seeds of love and bring real solutions to the table um, that's going to be a contrast to the the response the world has
2: well i would say that many christians do have a vision to live in a beloved community with with a diverse group of people to me it seems the politics of this world keep that from happening at least in the United States, I read that the last presidential election itself was the single most harmful event to the whole movement of reconciliation in at least the last 30 years for the white and black churches. And so what you're saying, I would agree with, you know, the American church does have a big missing puzzle piece, and that is really the kingdom of God, the politics of Jesus because right now, racial segregation of churches in the U.S. is big. There was a survey in 2001, and 87% of Christian churches in the United States are completely made up of only whites or only African Americans. And that's that's our reality. Um, racial reconciliation reflects how earthly divisions are torn down for those who are in Christ. We, you know, like what you're saying about, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles, I know that the gospel of Jesus applies to racial tension, differences, and and reconciliation. So my question is, for all you guys, when do you first remember becoming aware of tensions around race and ethnicity? And here in Uganda, do you see that, the segregation of churches like we have in the United States?
4: Uh, yeah, Natasha. It is there, the segregation in churches is common, especially for me who has moved around different churches. You find uh, churches for for example, in Uganda, it is on a bigger platform. Like It is very big that you find rich people have their church or their service. Their service time starts at this time and then it ends at this time then others come in later. Or you find this tribe, let's say Banyankole. These are tribes in Uganda, Banyankole, Rwanda from Western Uganda, which people think uh, they think they are rich and in power. So they, they try to divide themselves. They do not mix with maybe people from the North. But all those, they base on past experiences which are not godly and they end up dividing themselves. So this is not uh, only happening in the U.S., but is happening everywhere in the world, and the Bible talks of it. In Jude 1, uh, I think 3, Jude said, the enemy has crept in. For certain men have crept in the church and noticed whose judgment was uh, passed long ago, and they are distorting the grace which God gave us, which was good, and they are using it as a license to do any kind of thing. So we should ha- we should be aware that the enemy has entered the church of Christ. He is mixing up. But what is most important is not focus. Is not we we can't resort to crying to what the devil is doing. But we should fight him to get him out of the church. So these things are happening even here in Uganda. Tribes against tribes. Uh, like Brother Chardon said, he's so upset that. Uh, our brothers, fellow blacks can divide themselves. You're going to church, but you have to divide Dinkas and I don't know the other tribe. That is is so absurd. So this should bring us to know that it is something bigger than what is happening. There's a force behind it. In fact, if we are to attack, if we should do riot and protest, we should protest against Satan by kneeling down and praying reading the word of God, because it is through, okay, ignorance by definition is lack of information and knowledge. And if we are Christians who don't want to sit down and read the Bible and see what God says, we are prone to have that ignorance. You will fight a war that you do not understand completely and your enemy will distract you and will destroy you. So uh, it is happening but still it rotates on one thing. The enemy is within us. Matthew chapter 23 verse 26 uh, it says, Brind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish and then the outside also be cleaned. I'm saying this uh, to tell you, each one who's listening that there are things we should deal that are within us first of all and then Look at things on a bigger perspective. Because this starts with our own families. This starts with, at family level, you find we are Christians, but we have some things that we are holding on to. And we focus so much on cleaning the outside of us, yet inside there are dead bones. What's that? A time will come, and a situation will happen, and to. Stare that, that you have always kept inside and you stink. Just that it has happened on our brother, on a police officer, in the U.S. does not mean that it can't happen to you if you if you do not deal with your situations. It starts by us as individuals putting the ego down and allowing God to deal with you appropriately. Don't accept God partially to help you in certain areas and Think you're too strong to deal with other areas. Will burning an apartment or vandalism uh, take away that race, uh, racism? No. You're giving a penny killer stupidly and not, uh, not paying t- attention to the real disease. Uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> I'm so angry at Satan and his devices because the Bible says you do not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. You, there are very many. If you don't give in to knowing the devil's schemes, you can be a victim.
0: But that's a very interesting point that Brother Charlton you 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 pointed uh, out. You know, but yeah, about the kingdom of God. You know, so the question that we have to ask ourselves, you know, what do we expect from people when they don't have uh, a nobler and a higher, a higher things to unite them and to bring them together? Will be very uh, dishonest to assume that humanity they'll be able to live uh, on a higher plane of life and focus on the nobler and the uh, and the beautiful things of life when they don't have that things that unite them so uh, yeah even even the 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 so-called uh or the so perceived to be the gospel uh that many christians have been preaching you know well, one element which is the most important the most vital component of the gospel it has always been missing, which is the kingdom of God. So we have talked about all these things. We, the preachers, they have preached for so long about grace of God, about salvation, and going to heaven, about sowing your seed, and God will uh, give you prosperity. yeah, but these things don't unite us, you know this thing, uh, they don't bring us to that common ground where we have to view ourselves as. We have a a common task and a common purpose to do something in in this kingdom. You know, Charlton mentioned about yeah enrolling in American military and being part of the soldiers or the in the army. You know, now we have an American uh, government here, which it has rallied all these soldiers and. All these soldiers within the government—they are expected to to be submissive to to the chief chief of the armed forces, who is the president of America, and to the laws that go, govern America and govern the conduct of the soldiers. So, but, but we we don't expect them to be divided. Where they went when they're out uh, in the battlefield, when, when they're throwing bomb in, bomb in Vietnam or some, some some in some villages in Iraq, you know, they they are one and they think as a as a unit. They 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 are. One, one soldier serving one, one kingdom. So yeah, uh, I, I think we as Christians, we have, many Christians, they have missed the point, you know, something that can rally us together and makes us to be faithful soldiers of that kingdom of God. So I, I think the moment we grasp that something is missing and we start to examine the, the gospel that we have been preaching, we have to, to find solution from that. Simple thing that Jesus said, it's for this purpose that I was sent into the world of preaching the kingdom of God. And Jesus himself also repeated and he say, this message of the kingdom of God must be preached to the entire world. Then the end should come. So to, to that, I would say, amen. That's a good news because we know this gospel has not reached many, many people. And even when we open our TVs, we open, we, we open our radios or we listen to the preacher, most of the time, this thing uh, or this theme of the kingdom of God is missing. So that's, that's a good news to us because that makes us as Christians know that this can solve the problem. But I, I think if the case could be that we are hearing everywhere people are talking about the kingdom of God and then we see the escalation of hatred and the division and the segregation between Christians, then we could be in a, in a worst shape thinking, the gospel is not solving the problem. You know. The kingdom of God is not rallying us together as Christians. But because we know the, the gospel has not been preached to the entire world, so we, we feel we have some, some duty to, and some job to do. Yeah, so th- that's a good news to me, and that really is something that ha- has to push me and has to push Christians to, to be more intentional and to be more objective of taking the gospel of the kingdom to, to the nation. So because if that is the answer and let us give the world the answer that is needed. Uh, um, so yeah, I think the gospel was not named the good news in vain. It was named the good news for a reason. And the world is waiting and longing and bleeding for, for the good news of hope and reconciliation. Yeah. Uh, and the question that Natasha asked, uh, to, to my responses to that, I would say, uh, this is a deficit, you know, this is a serious deficit in our world. Uh, Deficit, I'm not talking about budget deficit or financial deficit or trade deficit that we are so familiar with, but deficit of, deficit of truth, you know, deficit of empathy among brothers, even Christian, that inability, inability to, to view ourselves as a, a brother's keeper, that lack of sensitivity to one another, that lack of capability to recognize ourselves in other people thats the deficit that is in the world you know and we need to balance it you know it's just the same way when we have a financial deficit or budget deficit we have to find a a way on how to to increase our income and how to, to 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 reduce our spending so we we balance everything we balance our budget so yeah, that's that the same uh, situation that we are experiencing right now in 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 the Christian world, in secular world. There's a serious deficit, and this deficit is the lack of that empathy. And you know, you know, and it began a long time ago. We remember the time that uh, in the in the scripture, in the beginning of time, we see Cain killing his brother Abel, and then God asking him, you know, where's your brother? And the the reaction of Cain was. So disturbing, because he say, "Am I my brother 's keeper?" Uh, and I expected God to shout back to him and say, "Of course you are that 's your duty. you are your brother 's keeper, but that was the expectation of God came to be his brother keeper to show empathy to 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 have that sensitivity and ability to to see himself in his brother 's life so yeah, I, I think that is the same uh, the same deficit of empathy that we are seeing in many many uh christian society uh, and it's uh it's a big shame you know it's a very very big shame to see christian uh dividing themselves in in lower ranks you know uh, uh, if if people don't divide themselves or don't they don't unite themselves uh on something beautiful as the kingdom of god then automatically they have to to unite themselves on a lower level, which is tribe, which is your nationality, which is the color of your, your skin or, yeah, the, the status of your family. So, yeah, I, I think what is very important to, to us right now as Christian to, to be considering uh, is how to find that common, 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 common thing that will bring us together, things that natural when we find ourselves serving that purpose and that call, uh all this other stuff will start to to to, to, to disappear. Like for example I'm a Kenyan but uh, I'll be honest. I don't view myself as a Kenyan in most most situations. Uh, I have a, a tribe which uh, I don't know anything about it. Not not just not that I don't care about the tribe but I feel I have something else that unites me, and I have something that I have to focus on, to, to identify with, uh, and that's the kingdom of God. But but that doesn't mean that I have to, because I have moved to a higher plane of seeing and being in the world, that doesn't mean I have to, to turn against the lower plane that uh, I was before and condemn it, but... It's it teach me sympathy to, to be able to, to sympathize with the people who are on the lower plane and find a way to to show them the way out. You know, there's a path, there's a better things, there there's a higher ground, there's a place that you can find brothers, you can find sisters from different parts of the world and unite and identify. But yeah. So what we uh, the same question that Natasha asked there, you know, uh, it's so sad, but yeah, I have witnessed this in, in, also in my, in my home country. I've seen people, tribe people, uh, segregating themselves uh, in tribal line. Uh, the Kikuyu trying to, to identify with themselves as Kikuyu, the Kalenjin as Kalenjins. the, the Luos as Luos. Yeah, the Luos basically, this is one tribe band. To those to our American audience, I will tell the Luo: This is the tribe of Barack Obama. You know his father was a Luo. So, but but this is the escalation, this identification, and we saw that in in one of the another crisis that happened in in East Africa in 2007 to 28. This was post-election violence in Kenya, where we saw even Christian fighting against Christian, Christian taking mashete going and slaughter other christian, Christian taking their power, so going and killing other Christians, so it was a very sad thing and I remember one case where we had Christians from different tribes they went and banned the church with more than one hundred other Christian women and children, and both of these people they profess to be Christian, and they call upon the name of the lord and so when this kind of stuff they really happened. Uh, we, we have to sit down and ask ourselves what is the quality of our faith? who is this Jesus that we are following is jesus a, a does, does he have a tribe does he have a race does he have a nation you know this kind of stuff and then we will find yes jesus has a, has a kingdom he don't have a call he don't have a race he he don't have a a, a tribe, but he has a kingdom and he wants all of us to be part of his kingdom my 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 my, my thought in that line of in that question that Natasha asked her, uh, I will say, we have to find our way on how to solve the the empathy the deficit in empathy among Christians, and we should be able to to transcend uh, our differences and the things that separate us and find the common ground that unite us and bring us together
1: yeah, I think the that the church and especially those who are, you know, kingdom Christians who are kingdom-minded have a tremendous opportunity. I mean, I think Christianity has always had a tremendous opportunity, but are we going to actually uh, look at the events and the situations that are happening in the world, and if we truly believe that Jesus is the solution to humanity's problem, are we going to go out there and be a part of that solution? Uh, you know, Jesus, uh, as the solution, has invited us into uh, being agents of peace and love and reconciliation. Paul talks about the church has been given the ministry of reconciliation, but are we actively putting ourselves into these these uh, situations and these tragedies and these uh, riots in a way that we can bring the reconciliation that God desires. You know, we have the the response of one side and response of the other. Well, there's always this third way, uh, which is the way of Christ. But I think the tendency, and I know this is, I'm speaking of myself in years past, uh it, it, the tendency is to feel like well you know there's not really anything i can do um but there's actually a lot that we can do the church needs to stand up christians need to to get involved um the world wants to see that there is another way and throughout history the church has risen up at various times and been the alternative uh, to the response of the world, um, but now we have that that opportunity to b- before us. I think, in light of this situation, uh, it's just, it's very sad. It's a tragedy uh, to see what has happened to uh, to George Floyd and others who have been marginalized and uh, who are um, uh, victims of uh, racial profiling and violence, and um, and hopefully you know, the the church, uh, rather than than having these lines of segregation like Natasha was talking about where you have the predominantly white church, the predominantly black church, how can we truly make the kingdom on earth uh, a multicultural witness uh, where there is no tribe, no tongue, no division? Jesus came to break down those walls, and are we actively working to continue in God's creation to tear down those walls that hum- the rest of humanity has put up, which, you know, G- if Jesus has begun that work, he wants us to be active agents and continuing to tear those walls down, um, or are we contributing uh, to leaving the walls there, right? So if we're, you know, y'all almost have three options there. Are you taking the walls down? Or are you just leaving the walls? You're, it's my job. I'm just going to step back. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to contribute, but I'm not going to take away. Or uh, are you actively building further walls of separation. And and I think the response of Christians has to be, how can we be uh, chipping away and taking those walls down and being the vibrant, visible witness of God's kingdom on earth? Like Jimmy's saying, like Reagan's saying, like Mama Jennifer, you know, there is a spiritual battle. Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Now, we, we are battling, if we look at it physically, it is flesh and blood. I mean, lives are being lost, blood is being shed, um, but uh, the, the, the powers of darkness are behind fueling the violence, fueling the flames, and so we need to, I think, have a balance of where we're approaching this from the spiritual side and praying and um, seeing, uh, asking God to act and respond in these situations. um, But at the same time, he's calling us into action to be uh, the light in that city on a hill for his kingdom.
2: Yeah. Amen. I would, I would definitely say that Jesus Christ is building a household and this household has many diverse members and the foundation of this house is Christ. So spiritual, it, growth involves the whole household of God in all of its diversity. So we are diverse. We are different. We have different backgrounds. We have different history. My brothers and sisters have been affected in ways that I have not. I don't have their personal history when it comes to slavery and racism. To me, it's history. It's not a personal experience, but what I can do is listen. What I can do is try to understand people, try to love people, pray with people, pray for people. And if we are all trying to understand each other's history, we can come together and be united and 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 come back stronger because I really think when I see images of the youth in America right now kids are just angry and upset and and i would be too you know if if i was them if, if putting myself in their shoes they have every right to be angry and upset, but where is the outlet for them? Where is that spiritual outlet? Where are we as a church? We should be in there helping and, and showing them another way because the youth is hungry for a third way. And so I would say, let's figure out a way to, to give it to them. So if you guys have any thoughts on that, um, on how to reach the youth. Whether that's here in Uganda when it comes to tribalism or in America when it comes to racial divides, how do we reach the youth? What should our brothers and sisters across the world, is there any ideas that you have for them?
0: Well, one thing that uh, uh, I, I think we have to do, especially when we are talking about the subject of racism, you know, racism is as old as America, especially in America, you know. It was there when the America was being founded. So so I, I think the, we can't ignore the history and try to solve the problem that is escalating in the meantime. And, you know, uh, majority of the youth, they don't have a foundation in history. They don't understand where it all began and where it's leading. So they just found themselves trapped up in some kind of... A, weird situation where they don't understand how things are operating. They don't understand why that person killed that person. Uh, they don't know what, what happened during the slavery period, what happened during the segregation and the Jim Crow period. So when they don't have this, this knowledge, this backup foundation to, to help them to be, to be more objective and to be more intentional, you know, it's easy for them to be more uh, reactive the way they are reacting. Yeah, to think about me, I'm i a, a, I'm an African, you know. But, I, I, I can justify my anger, you know. If I, I choose to be so angry and so reactive to all this kind of situation and to all these injustices, I can justify it, you know, because I can say, oh, my, my, my forefather they were stolen from Africa and then they were sold in America and then these European again they came to Africa, they they colonized my land and they oppressed all people. But I think the reason why I can't justify this is because uh, I have a good foundation of history. And so I understand human nature. I understand the the, the progression of humanity and how slow we have to be, uh, we have to evolve, you know. So I think having a good foundation on the, the, the history of humanity, where we have come from and where we are heading to, it can be very, very uh, helpful to, to young people who most of the time, especially for generation, you know, uh, studying and reading and trying to, to have a clear picture about the world they're living in is not something that they take it as, as a cool thing, you know. So, uh, and uh, I'll mention it when I say uh, we have to go back into the history and to understand this foundation, then before we know where we are heading and how we are going to solve this problem. So when when I was preparing uh, to talk today, uh, I read, uh, I wrote down a, a little excerpt from the from the speech that was given during the Civil War in America when there was this racial uh, when the racial issue escalated during the time of Lincoln and the Confeder- uh Nation. So there's this leader who was a political leader, a very prominent political leader. At the same time, he considered himself to be a well and a very good Christian, according to his, uh, his view of himself. And he says some very nasty thing, you know, very, very nasty thing. And I- I've never known, I- I'm not sure if someone, somebody ever came and corrected this kind of erroneous uh, ideas on the opinion that he said. But the, the point here is this. If we don't go back into the history and start to check over the seed that was planted, uh we won't understand how to deal with the ha- with the harvest that we are reaping right now. But if we want to understand how to handle the the harvest that we are reaping right now, we have to go back and examine what kind of seed we planted, you know. We we, we can't have a good knowledge of the tree. If we don't understand the root. So, yeah, probably I, I will read what uh, this guy called Alexandra Stevenson said about the entire issue of, of racism in America and black people, pos- the position of the black people. So, uh, a short excerpt he said this about the Confederate government. He said, Our new government is founded upon a very difficult, a very different idea. Its foundations are laid, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. Our system commits no such violation of nature's law. With us, all of the white race, however high or low, rich or poor, are equal in the eyes of the law. Not so with the Negro. Subordination is his place. He, by nature, or by caste, again as canon, is fitted for that condition which he occupies in our system. So we see, th- this is the problem of the system that was established from, from the beginning. Uh, and so to these young people, they, they have just found themselves trapped inside this system. And so to help them to understand how the system was structured, uh, I think it's very, very vital for them to to go back and study history, not only the history of America, but also to go back into the Bible and the scripture and to, to study the history of mankind, where did it all began and where, where this, uh, all these things about races and for what purpose it came into, into the picture. And so by having the truth, as the Bible, Jesus himself told us, it's only the truth that can set us free. You know, the truth won't make us rich, the truth won't make us powerful, but the truth will make us free and the things that the youth, they need, is freedom. It's not wealth, it's not power, it's not fame, but it's freedom. And this freedom can only be found in the, through the, knowing the truth. And by knowing the truth, you have to have a good foundation established upon the right knowledge. So let us go back into the book of history and encourage young people to, to study and to know more about the system that they found themselves trapped in.
4: Wow. Thank you, Brother Egan. So as Christians, we should go back to the basics. What are the basics? We should go back to the Bible, see God's plan for our life, because it is all written in the Bible. So what we should do is let us be informed of uh, of our greatest goal is to be in the kingdom, to serve with God. We should know what it takes to be in that kingdom, Focus so much in walking right, according to God's precepts. And also, after walking right, we know we have the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, which is love. We use that love. You cannot know that truth. After being set free, you cannot keep quiet about the truth that you have. That wouldn't be love. We step out and talk to our brothers and sisters who are going through nasty Things. So all I'm saying is, after you know that truth, the truth will set you free. And after being set free, you are not supposed to sit in one place and sit on that truth. No. We are Christians. We should share love. The greatest love is to bring someone out of ignorance, which would lead to death. So one, we should go and preach out the word. That's why the Bible says the harvest is what? Is much, but the, the laborers are few. And we should be able to teach in truth, respect, and love to help them get out of any kind of bondage. Because that's where we were, even before we accepted Christ, but because someone reached out to us, taught us, we came out of it. So the same thing should happen.
3: Yeah for like youth um the mother of three boys they are they are, they are now in the age of youth and uh I appeal to the youth in the old world. I know youth are living in the families, but a very important Thing that youth really has to look into is to seek knowledge and to seek to know more from the elder people. Because being that youth are the generation to come, and the old people are, they are going to get old, to grow old, and they will really pass away. But like youth, They need to seek to know more from the elder people where they are, where they are really living at homes. Because if you learn from the elder people, they have experience. They will teach you the way to go along your future. But if you don't give your lives, you don't be humble, you desire to be taught by them. It will really be very difficult for the youth to to, to, to to even make right choices, to go with the right things that they are supposed to do. Youth are the, are the people who just copy things and would like to go wherever ways they want to go. If you don't really put yourself under the elder people to to, to to be directed with them that's why sometimes they, they they even get problems that they are not supposed to get so it's a very big thing that youth have to think about even when we talk about being in the Christ, in, in the kingdom of God, it is still needs youth to identify that. To seek their kingdom is a very important thing for them. And that is going to come from homes because all these youth before they go to church before they begin even picking interest to, to, to learn about the Bible one time they have been brought up by the people who are older than them. So being a humble and looking unto the people you're living with and seeking advice from them is very crucial. And also the people, that, the elder people who are really older people who are living with youth. We need to give our times. We need to give ourselves. Because youth are not going to, to, to children are not going to grow to youth and do the right thing and choose the right things to do in the future without being taught so elder people need to teach the youth like here in uh, Uganda i have youth, i have my children who are in the state of youth and also other youth but it's very simple for them, it's very easy for them to even criticize whatever is happening in the world. But for us, for, for for the elder people or parents, because I know these challenges is everywhere in the world, some of the youth are not having their own mothers and father, but at least they have some elders, people who are living with maybe friends, relatives, what? If these youth are talking about like criticizing the government or criticizing things which, which, which they're really seeing that it's not good, which is happening. And even when, when we talk about this uh, racism, yeah, and, and like the things which are happening, eh, rioting and these bad things which are happening, which is really disturbing the human being's life. These youth are going into those things because they don't have the, guide, the, the, the guardians from the elder people. So, we parents, guardians, and elder people, let us give our lives to teach our youth and also youth. You be humble. Listen to the. To, to, to the elder people, because they are teaching you by experience. Where you are going, they have been there. And they love you. They want you to, they want to guide you. So I think, because you are our what? Our, our, our future generation. eh? If you don't, if you don't know how to, to choose the right things to do. eh? If you don't know to, what are you supposed to do if problems are there? What is the way to solve that problem? and we very much know that when you see the house burning at, at the time that you are seeing the house of someone being burned, there is, uh, uh, stolen the people have stolen the things of the, of people, very many things which is making people uncomfortable is happening. I don't think you're going to, to 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 feel happy and imagine. You are the one who is going, Youth are the one who who is going to take this lead in the future. If you don't know how to solve the problems and to bring peace in, 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 in the problems, what are you going to do? This is the right time that you are supposed to learn these things. You are supposed to know how to bring peace in a situation so that Chaos and problems may not continue.
1: Well, thank you so much, each and every one of you. Uh, We have heard from our Ugandan mother. (laughs) There is wisdom uh, from our elders. So I just want to personally, uh, from Natasha and I, thank you, Mama Jennifer, Reagan, and Jimmy, for joining us for today's discussion. Uh, I'm sure there's so much more that we could go on saying um, but it's uh, it's been a really uh, good good discussion and hopefully we here can continue to, to think about how we can uh, respond in light of the events that are happening in the world in a way that uh, brings the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, that we can be the hands and feet and light and, and be that alternative uh, in society to show a, a higher way. I want to read here. It's known as the uh, St. Francis uh, Prayer. It's an anonymous work. Some people think that uh, it was by Francis of Assisi, and it very well could be. It's also been turned into a song uh, called "Lord, Make Us Instruments of Your Peace." But I want to just read the prayer right now as we think about um, how we, as the as Christians, as the body of Christ, can be, and hopefully this can be our prayer uh, as well. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is hatred. Let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives. It is in self-forgetting that one finds. It is in pardoning that one is pardoned. It is in dying that one is raised to eternal life. So hopefully that can be our prayer individually and collectively as Christians. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged and have a lot to think about. Uh, please feel free to reach out to us with any thoughts or comments, questions. You can send us an email at buyourlovepodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at podcastbyourlove. our love. Thanks and have a blessed day.